Coming up on the Money Beat Podcast, it is your look at the week ahead. We've got some Fed speakers on the docket, some important data on the housing market, and an important read on the services sector. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome to the Money Beat Podcast. This is Paul and Stephen here in the studio on a Friday afternoon in New York City with your look at the week ahead. Uh, now, is that too I was, I was We were having some technical issues, folks out there, so we're playing with the volume levels, so I was, I was doing my low voice, but now I'll go into normal voice. Is this better? Oh, it's wonderful. Is, is it wonderful? I, I love your normal voice. You do? Yeah. Who, who doesn't? I, I don't get enough of it. <laughs> you, you get more than enough of it, actually. Uh, welcome to your look at the week ahead, Paul and Stephen, joined by Steve Russolillo, ahead of the tape columnist for The Wall Street Journal. Steve, how are you? Thanks for having me, guys. And Will Malden, calling in from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Will, how are you doing? Wonderful. Thanks for having me. We are happy. We're happy to have you. Thank you for doing it. We appreciate it because, you know, we need someone from D.C. to guide us on this kind of thing. He, has, right. he brings the intelligence. He brings the intelligence, right. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're adding. But. We're, bringing the, we're bringing the high and low voices. That's what we're bringing. So, uh, look, look, this week was, you know, this week that just passed was pretty packed. You had the jobs report, some high-profile data, a lot of uh, stuff coming out of the Trump transition team. Next week, folks, what are we looking at? We'll uh, kick us off here. What, what are we looking at on the data calendar? Well, you know, it's going to be a relatively light week on the data. We do have U.S. trade deficit and productivity, um, factory orders, uh, consumer sentiment. But today was the bigger week in terms of jobs data. In fact, uh, the, some of the Fed speakers could get a lot more attention on Monday. We have not one, not two, but three Fed presidents speaking ahead of the quiet period. Uh, that precedes the December uh, rate hike meeting or or rate not hike meeting. Uh, right. it, whichever it turns out to be, though, with the jobs numbers, uh, certainly my colleagues down here see uh, increasing likelihood uh, uh, that they'll go forward with that. Um, and around the world, we have you know a fair amount of, of, of Chinese data, um, Japan as well. So uh, you know, and, and potential fallout from the yeah. Italian referendum uh, on Sunday. Well, that, I was I was going to get back to the Fed speakers. Yeah, just let's with, talk about that with, for a second. With, with basically, you know, you, as you said, your your colleagues in DC expect the Fed to raise in at its December meeting, and the markets are certainly. I think it's like what ninety five, ninety oh, it's, above ninety five percent certainty. Um, are they going to? Is there anything that they could say that's going to <laughs> surprise the market? <laughs> right, right. It's hard for us to see that after this jobs report, yeah. um, uh, which our Jeffrey Sparshot wrote up today. You know, un- unemployment is down to uh, 4.6%. Non-farm payrolls up 178,000 jobs. Um, you know, so so it's looking it's looking pretty. The, the know, 178 right was right in line with where it's been all year, essentially. Like I think the, the right, trend, right, and, the, and the I just average. I just looked it up here. So on Friday, this is this is Friday's numbers. The CME Fed Watch's page had uh, the market odds at 94.9% chance wow, that the yeah. Fed raises rates by the meeting next week. So, I mean, something totally out of the blue would have right. to happen for them not. And not and, and big, and huge. big oh, yeah. out yeah. of the blue, like a really big, which, you know, I mean, sure, okay, could happen. Browns could win a game, too. I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> what are the better, what are the increased <laughs> odds? Uh, let, me, let me look it up. Let me look it up. No. But, uh, the, I guess the bigger question coming – could they say something about the pace? Do you think that's going to be on the agenda? Because it seems like with everyone looking past December, 
The real question going into next year is, you know, how quickly are they going to raise rates, especially now that where everyone's getting excited about uh, Trump anonymous. No, that'll be interesting to, to see what they have to say. Certainly many have suggested not a, a great large rate hike uh, bonanza, you know, following that, following this hike, uh, but it'll be interesting to hear. And there are a lot of variables out there. There is some uncertainty, of course. Um, so uh, I'm sure people will pay attention to that more than, more than, and that might have more influence than, than the actual December uh, meeting. Yeah, because if you go back a year, this time a year ago, when the Fed finally raised rates, then there, the, the dot plot showed that, and, and all the projections showed that there could be as many as four rate increases right. in 2016 this year. And that, of course, is what really spooked people in the sense that, wow, the Fed's not going to do a slow, gradual liftoff. It's going to do something more than that. Of course, that never panned out. Right. Uh, that didn't pan out. But uh, I guess now the question would be, what kind of What's the outlook going to be like for 2017? And I would say, in defense of the Fed, only raising four times in a year once you start raising was actually going slow if you go by any historical measure. Well, yeah, they were still they going usually, from. They usually, when you get into a rate hiking cycle, are raising every meeting almost. Right. I mean, look, you're talking about 25 basis points per hike. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were going to go to 1%, which is still. Incredibly low. Now it looks like we might get, we may get to one percent by twenty eighteen if everything goes. You know, so like, th- this is a very gradual pace. Well, the mood, the mood can change quickly. Of course, you know, the, yes. the economic mood, the market mood, from whether the markets liked, didn't like Trump, to then they appeared to like him. Of course, uh, people are optimistic about getting things done in Washington with one party control down here, getting some tax cuts and some some, uh, you know, some uh, helpful growth-producing policy, um, which has been eluding the place for a while. But, of course, that could change uh, very easily next year, depending on depending on how the new Congress and, and, and president and, and the minority uh, start to work together. Also, the, the president's-elect's own policies, you know, aren't exactly known with any granularity. It yeah. appear to, to shift a bit with every nomination. We'll have to see if those folks are confirmed and what they right. bring to the table, how influential they all are. With a new announcement, uh, it seems like every other day. Yeah. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more uh, preview for the upcoming economic week. WSJ Special Access gives you a front row seat to some of the Wall Street Journal's most exciting content, like The Quirkier Side of Life, a new series that features the fun, surprising stories our reporters come across. The chief executive walks 10,000 barefoot steps every day. He recalls stepping on a bee, which put him off earthing for a couple of days, but he got back to it. Check out the quirkier side of life on WSJ Special Access, only for WSJ subscribers. Love tech? Dig gadgets? Then make tech news briefing from the Wall Street Journal a part of your day. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome back to the Money Beat podcast. This is Paul and Stephen here in New York City with your look at the week ahead. Uh, Will Malden, our colleague down in Washington, D.C., is here with us. And Will, you were speaking about the Trump administration and uh, some of the appointments. What else can we expect this week coming up in terms of the transition planning? Well, uh, we'll be listening very closely to uh, any comments or interviews made by people who've been um, 
you know, picked for the possible inclusion in Trump's uh, cabinet, including Mnuchin, you know, for Treasury Secretary. That That's a big one. Mm-hmm. He's been talking about trying to achieve average annual GDP growth of 3.5% or more, something, you know, the U.S. hasn't seen since uh, before 2000. You know, there'll be other appointments. We could hear eventually the U.S. trade representative, which could suggest whether there'll be a very, um, you know, muscular pro-U.S., trade policy that differs more from the, uh, you know, from the free trade policy that the Obama administration uh, has ended its term with. Um, So we could have, you know, there could be news on Secretary of State, which may not affect the the markets directly, but all these start to shape, you know, the outlook for for really who will be holding the levers of, of power in the Trump administration. And it did seem like this week with, you know, Wilbur Ross and this Mnuchin, week. yeah, this past yeah. week, that there were walking back a little bit the sort of trade war, calling China right. um, uh, currency manipulator. So it'll be, it'll, it'll, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to evolve and be fleshed out. Definitely, definitely. And it, but, it, you know, it depends on the totality of the team. And, and of course, Trump made a lot of promises in terms of, um, you know, confronting China as well as Mexico and Japan on trade of, of, you know, breaking old deals, renegotiating new deals, threatening tariffs, perhaps as a negotiating tactic. And, uh, you know, if, if there are more people on that team, and don't forget Senator Jeff Sessions, uh, you know, the attorney general pick is, mm-hmm. um, is definitely uh, one of the more on the protectionist scale <laughs> spectrum of the, of the Senate. He's definitely... Uh, Pretty pretty far out uh, out there. Um, so the, on the trade front, it's 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 not clear. Uh, there does seem to be a domestically at least a, you know pro growth uh, uh, emphasis uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you know turning back to to some of the economic reports, we can expect one that I'm going to be interested in, and it's not one that is normally a, a top level one, but it's something uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association, MBA, every week does their mor- their weekly report on mortgage applications. Last week, this past week, it was down, uh, I wrote it down because I wanted to, to make sure I mentioned it, mortgage applications were down 9.4%, refis were down 16%. Clearly, you know, interest rates rising is, is going to have an effect here. The question is how large of an effect so, you know, this is, this, like I said, this is a weekly report, comes out 7.30 a.m. on Wednesday. I think that is something people are going to have to start keeping an eye it's on. It's a good one, and especially with seeing that mortgage rates have now gone back above 4%, 17-month high. Now, 4% in and of itself is an incredibly historically, low number. Still, and yes. Historically, a yes. very, very low number. But, you know, we've seen a pretty sharp move here, call it, what, 75 basis points at least right. uh, over the past few weeks. Coming off a low base, that's a lot. So uh, you're seeing it play out in the mortgage application mm-hmm. data. You're seeing refis are way down, as you mentioned. And, uh, yeah, this is – you know, I, I looked back at uh, what happened in the taper tantrum three years ago, and you saw similar activity there. Now, of course, that rise in rates did not last. Right, right, right. But I think that, you know, this is this is not 2013, and I think that sitting here now in December of 2016, you probably have – this rise in rates looks – more sustainable than it than that rise did back then. Yeah. Well, what was what's also interesting if you looked at like some of the data about housing prices coming out this past week, you know, they finally had gotten up to their sort of pre uh, lost decade yes. is over. Yeah. What what is interesting though is we've seen this dynamic where prices are rising because there's a lack of supply. Well, if interest rates go down, you could start mm-hmm. seeing prices pull back down. I mean, the the housing market 
has been largely pretty strong to solid this year, but has has starting in the summer started to show, you know, a little bit of weakness. Yeah. Um, so, how much interest rates will be pushing it one way or the other? That will be, I think is something people should watch. Yeah. I, I I was just going to say I want to bring back to ISO well, uh, services. Let me just mention you have two home builders this week too. You have Toll Brothers on Tuesday, have Nanian on Thursday reporting earnings. So, you know beyond just whatever the numbers are, their you, you want to get their be, outlook and see what they're saying about they, and they, and the market. And home builders have been relatively confident because home prices are high and right. rates have been low. And if that starts to you know sort of change, will be interesting. Yeah. Back to uh, the, the ISM and the services, just because you know. That's the biggest part of the economy. The manufacturing has been sort of rebounding from a horrid sort of first half of the year, but we've sort of seen a couple, you know, some up and down months for the services the last few months. And you know, October wasn't a great number. It was still an expansion, but wasn't a great number. That, so that was the one. Rebound? I'm trying to remember the October ISM services was it was just barely an expansion territory, yes. right? Yeah. I'm looking up the. And that comes out on Monday morning. No, it was. It, was it, it, it slipped from 57 to 54. Yeah, that one's hard. It, oh, it was 54. Sir, oh, manufacturing oh, okay. is the one oh, that's, that's been okay. right around 50. But manufacturing has rebounded and rebounded and had a strong, you know, November. So it will be interesting to, you know, what I'm saying is like the, the, the service sector is a bigger sector. I mean, it makes up yeah. a large, oh, yeah. a far bigger part of the economy. And. You know, if it's sort of struggling, that's going to pour cold water on this sort of um, the good data sort of. We've, we've the yeah. the economy has been improving, and we've seen a lot of good data, and it would be good to see the service sector rebound from October. Well, look at the jobs numbers. Manufacturers have lo- have lost fifty four thousand jobs this year. Donald Trump tried to save uh, eight hundred or a thousand yeah. of them at, at Carrier yeah. uh, this week, but but that's uh, that's a small amount compared to compared to the the struggles that that they've had. Meanwhile, uh, services jobs are way up. Yeah. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? I mean, uh, there's also jolts, which is, you know. Jolts. You, you have to look at that just because, I mean, it's not going to change job anything openings with December, and labor turnover. Survey. But it is something that, you know, Janet Yellen constantly says she looks at and she thinks it's yeah. an important figure. So, I mean, you know, I think as you're looking at the pace next year and what the labor market looks like. I will also say jobless. There are two other ones. Jobless claims have it had a big miss this i mean like it was 13,000 last week rise right, last right, week right. um you know that's a big that was the second week in a row you've seen an increase i mean granted it is at historic lows well and it's, it's also there's 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 seeing. a lot of seasonal stuff going on there with the but, holidays but when we were talking about it last week um you know we we did bring up this is the area that if you're going to see the labor market and any kind of cracks in the labor market it's going to be here. Yeah. And so that's something to watch. And then there's also with the OPEC deal and prices in oil rising, I think, um, you know, the, the Baker Hughes rig count. Um, I want to see how much I want to see how much, um, you know, the U.S. Uh, oil companies are coming back online. Yeah. With that. And that's been moving up since the summer. And, and Alyssa, before before we go, Rusalillo, I know you want to mention uh, an interesting anniversary coming up. Oh, yeah. I thought this was why you guys were going to have me on the podcast. Well, it was. Well, I'm glad we didn't forget it. Uh, so Monday, December 5th, marks the 20th anniversary that former Fed, Al- uh, former Fed chairman Alan Greenspan first uttered the words irrational exuberance. Uh, and he had been talking about this theme in a lot of his papers for a while. But this was the first time that he mentioned it in a public speech that you know, the market certainly reacted to it uh, in the weeks that followed in the days and weeks that followed after that. Now, of course, 
he was early in his call. The market had an incredible run-up and got certainly a lot more uh, irrationally exuberant than it was in 96. You had the big dot-com bubble up to 2000. Uh, But there was a big pullback in the middle there. There was. There was, yeah. Uh, So – Anyway, it's been it's been twenty years. Uh, you're going to write about it. Yeah, we'll have a piece uh, the next ahead of the tape column online Sunday in print Monday. Yeah, excellent. And you're actually going to talk. Can we say this? Can we say? Can we? We're say, saying it now. Say yeah, it. we are. That's right. Uh, you are going to talk to Alan Greenspan. Yeah, yeah, we'll get an interview with Mr. Greenspan himself. All right, great. Uh, well, everyone, that is your look at the week ahead. I want to thank you for listening, as always. Thanks, Will, for calling in. We appreciate it. Thanks. It was exuberant. It was yeah. exuberant, yes. <laughs> I mean, Trump well done. Not, well I mean, done. Trumponomics has everyone exuberant, right? That's right. Uh, it's got the stock market. Yeah. Uh, it's got the stock market and 1,000 workers at a carrier plant in Indiana exuberant. Yep. But the other 1,000 workers who are still losing their jobs, not quite as exuberant. <laughs> All right, everyone, thank you for listening, and we'll catch up with you very soon. Got money in the markets? Check out Your Money Matters from the Wall Street Journal. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.